Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, I want to talk about the uh, the latest on the Western Conference play-in tournament race, what the Wolves have upcoming, what the Nuggets have upcoming, and predicting how this season will finish for Minnesota, where, they'll fit, where they will finish in the Western Conference race. I also want to look at the updated power rankings, why a couple of sites have the Wolves dropping in the power rankings, and one site, uh, my favorite power rankings, has the Wolves rising and why that is. We're going to break it all down on the show today. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode is brought to you by NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy, uh, not quite Timberwolves game day. They've got the uh, the random two off days in between games. No game to Wednesday night. Uh, we have got a lot to talk about today, though. I want to talk about um, the 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 remaining games for the Timberwolves versus the remaining names games for the Nuggets. Where I think both teams will finish up. Why there could be another team to look at uh, that the Wolves could potentially pass. Also, power rankings, a lot going on uh, and the power ranking shifts for this late in the season. So all that on the show today. First of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves. Don't forget the T and also at B Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, let's start with the Western Conference uh, race and where we sit right now. The Timberwolves coming into play on Monday. This, of course, is Tuesday's show, but through play on Sunday, the Timberwolves were actually the only team in the league that only had six games to play. Everybody else had seven or more games left this season. A lot of teams had eight, actually. Um, and so I think that's interesting. Obviously, we're looking at the loss column when you're looking at the standings. On Monday, though, Denver... Uh, they were they were able to grab a win at Charlotte. They only won by four, um, so that's notable. Of course, uh, nobody else in the immediate race in the Western Conference played on Monday night, so Dallas was idle as well, um, as was Utah. So Minnesota, of course, split two games against Dallas last week. They haven't played Denver in a while. They've got a chance to win that tiebreaker by beating Denver on Friday, and they're done with the Jazz as well. Um, so sitting here... Right now, entering play on Tuesday, the Timberwolves remain in the seventh spot. They are two games behind the Denver Nuggets for the number six spot. Uh, the Nuggets are back, you know, won a couple in a row now. Um, they've stabilized a little bit. They're still trying to get some of their guys back uh, healthy that, you know, everybody kind of thought Jamal Murray was going to be back, uh, you know, a little earlier this month. That hasn't happened. Um, still trying to get entirely healthy. But uh, at any rate, they've, continue to do their thing. They continue to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They've, they've won a couple of, uh, of somewhat impressive victories here of late. Um, and so they've maintained that lead over the Timberwolves. So of course, the Wolves briefly took that, overtook Denver. Wolves have now lost three out of the last four games. Denver's won a couple consecutively. So the Timberwolves are a full two games behind the Denver Nuggets for the sixth spot in the West. The Wolves only have six to play. 
The Nuggets, on the other hand, uh, actually now after their game on Monday night, also now only have six games to play. Uh, you look at what Minnesota's done. Well, actually, let's finish talking about Denver. So the Wolves, of course, play against uh, against Denver this coming Friday at Denver in the Mile High City. The Wolves so far this season um, have have beaten Denver two out of three times. They can still win this tiebreaker. Remember, they lost that ugly game way back at the end of October. The Wolves were three and one. They were coming off the big win at Milwaukee, came home and put up 91 points in a stinker, a 93-91 loss to Denver. Then they beat Denver at Denver in the Anthony Edwards 10-made threes game in mid-December. That was right after that five-game losing streak. It felt like the sky was falling. Edwards makes 10 threes that Wednesday, and then he misses the nationally televised game against the Lakers two days later because he has COVID. The Wolves managed to win two more, and then everybody knows the COVID stuff happened from late December into mid, really kind of early mid-January, um, leading to another series of losses for the Wolves. And then the last time the Wolves played Denver was February 1st. So now, you know, almost exactly two months ago, uh, they took on, actually, it'll be two months to the day when they play the Nuggets this coming Friday. February 1st, they beat the Nuggets at Target Center by 15. Towns had a big game, 24-10-7 in that one. And the Wolves got to a game above 500. And that was in the middle of that nice stretch where they beat Utah, they beat Denver. Then they got to play the Pistons twice, Sacramento a couple of times. Um, and that's when they really got above 500 to stay just prior to the All-Star break. Now, if they win Friday, they'll get the tiebreaker. So if they go into Friday down just a game, I'll do this math for those of you that aren't standings watchers in any sport. If between now and Friday, the Wolves win and the Nuggets lose a game, the Wolves go into Friday, a game behind Denver and a win would leapfrog leapfrog them over Denver because a tie means the Wolves are ahead because they would have won three out of four in the season series. So it's a monster game. The Wolves, of course, just have one game before then at Toronto on uh, on Wednesday night. And as for Denver, they are at Indiana on Wednesday night. So a little bit of an easier game for the Nuggets than it is for Minnesota. Um, but there's a chance. I mean, if the Wolves beat the Raptors and the Nuggets lose to the Pacers, then Friday night's game becomes where the Wolves have the chance to jump over Denver and into that sixth spot. Beyond that, the schedule is a little bit easier for Denver. Not a lot easier. The The Nuggets still have the Lakers twice. Of course, the Lakers are still likely to be a play-in team and will be playing hard. So I guess that there's something to be said for that. The Spurs are not um, out of the conversation at all for a playoff spot either. The Spurs are currently a half spot behind the, a half game behind the Lakers. So, I mean, on the one hand, the Nuggets have some below 500 teams left, two games against the Lakers, one against the Spurs. On the other hand, both of those teams, so three of those games are against teams fighting for that play-in spot. They've got Indiana Wednesday, they've got Minnesota Friday, and then the only other games against the Memphis Grizzlies, obviously really difficult. Minnesota remaining games this season at Toronto, at Denver, difficult games at Houston, much easier. Home for Washington and San Antonio, pretty easy, and home for the Bulls. So I would say the Wolves' schedule is slightly tougher because you've got uh, the Bulls and the Raptors on the schedule, whereas uh, Memphis is the only winning team besides the Timberwolves on the Nuggets' schedule. Although the Wolves only have the one team in the playoff tournament in the Spurs, and the uh, the Nuggets have the Spurs and the Lakers twice. So comparable schedules the rest of the way. The Wolves are now a clean two games behind now that each team has played the same number of games. Friday is such a monster game. Um, obviously, it becomes... I mean, if the Wolves lose to Toronto and the Nuggets win on Wednesday at Indiana, then then it's almost a win-out situation. It basically would be at that point. Um, but if both teams win or both teams lose, this thing's one game or two games on Friday, then then Friday's game is just monster uh, in, in regards to the seeding in the Western Conference. Um, I want to 
complete the conversation here in just a second about another possible shift that could happen in the Western Conference. If you haven't been looking much beyond Denver and Dallas, well, Dallas is no longer uh, is no longer in the spot right above Denver. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that next. And then I want to look at power rankings. A couple surprising. There was a power ranking that dropped the Timberwolves this week. I know they've lost three out of four, but I don't know if, if the person doing that ranking looked at who their competition was. There's another prominent ranking that rose the, or raised raised the Timberwolves one spot in the in the uh, in their power rankings uh, despite the loss uh, losing three out of four this this week. So. We're going to do that here next. We're going to look at all that stuff uh, coming up. First of all, let's talk about our friends, the title sponsors of today's show. And that, of course, is NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. NBA Top Shot is the future of what being an NBA fan looks like. It's part trading cards, part stock market, and part fantasy sports with a built-in loyalty program. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards and made it easier to buy, sell, and trade by removing the hassle of card grading shoeboxes and binders. Their 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace lets you scroll through all your favorite players and teams. Once you find the key moment you've been looking for, you can buy it in a couple of clicks. Now, I hear all the time, why would I buy something that I could watch on YouTube for free? And I tell those people that it's not about watching a highlight. It's about having ownership in the stock market of the NBA's greatest moments. And owning NBA Top Shot moments can get you access to unbuyable, once-in-a-lifetime experiences. For example, last year, Top Shot flew out a group of fans to Phoenix for Game 5 of the NBA Finals just for having Phoenix Suns moments in their collections. The following week, Top Shot flew out a group of fans to New York for the NBA Draft. And these collectors got to have dinner with four future first-round picks the night before they were drafted and play basketball with New York Knicks' Obi Toppin. If you sign up for Top Shot today, the best way to start getting yourself a the best way to start is getting yourself a starter pack. You can even pull a moment of a superstar like LeBron or KD or star rookies like Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley for $9. Head over to lockedon.nbatopshot.com to start building your collection today. Again, that's lockedon.nbatopshot.com. Let's also talk about our friends over at Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply may have forgotten about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there whenever you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so that you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users, and has helped save them over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who says, quote, In a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill. Saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill and saved $840 a year on my car insurance. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen. For your next listen, be sure to check out the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. It really is the best way to get caught up on the night's uh, previous night's action. In my mind, it's so much better than just looking through box scores, uh, you know, scrolling Twitter, watching highlight shows, whatever it might be. Listen to Lockdown Now. You'll get 60 to 90 seconds from every Lockdown host 
about uh, their team's game that they cover from the previous night. So you won't just get the surface level stuff. You'll get a couple of key takeaways from that clip uh, that'll help you, you know, intelligently know what happened the night before. Okay. So uh, putting a bow on the the conversation around Western conference seating uh, as it stands now with what, basically two weeks left in the season, uh, six games, seven games for some teams, I think eight games still for a couple of teams. Um, so we've established the Wolves are two back of the Nuggets. They play the Nuggets Friday. Obviously, it's a big game. Well, Dallas is the other team we've been talking about because they had been struggling a little bit. The Timberwolves played them tough last Monday and then beat them Friday. So it was like, eh, you know, uh, the Wolves could have a shot if Dallas falters much more. Well, here comes the Utah Jazz, who have now lost four straight. And uh, they're four and six in their last 10. They're just 45 and 30, which is only two and a half games ahead of the Timberwolves. And of course, a half game ahead of the Nuggets. They're a full game behind Dallas. Dallas is now in the four spot in the West. So, I mean, think about like, could Utah fall all the way to seven? They're only two and a half up. Remember, now take a look at what Utah's got left. It's a little bit tougher than what the Timberwolves and the Nuggets have. Utah's got at the Clippers. Of course, the Clippers are currently in eighth. Uh, they're comfortably behind the Timberwolves, but very likely the team the Wolves are going to play in the first round of the play-in. Then they're home for the Lakers, who, of course, is in the 10 spot at Golden State versus Memphis. Then they get Oklahoma City versus Phoenix and then at Portland. So obviously Portland and Oklahoma City are easy. Uh, I, I say easy. They're easy. They should be easy games for a team that's going to be in the playoffs, uh, a team that's supposed to be a top four or five team in the West. But at LA and versus the Lakers, uh, the Clippers and the Lakers, neither of those are walks in the park, obviously. But then they've got to face the top three teams in the West in Phoenix, Memphis, and Golden State uh, with the game at Golden State on the road. I mean, of the remaining seven games, four of them are at least at home. But you've got the top three teams in the West and two likely playing teams that are jockeying for position. That's a really tough rest of the way schedule for Utah. Now, again, Minnesota's isn't a walk in the park. But say the Clippers lose to the, or excuse me, say the Jazz lose to the Clippers on Tuesday night. The Wolves beat the Raptors Wednesday. Now it's a game and a half. Um, and then we start getting a little bit more serious about could this actually happen? Of course, the Wolves do not have the tiebreaker against Utah. They've lost to them three out of four this season. They beat them uh, in that last game at the end of January. And I believe that's a game that Gobert missed, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but the Timberwolves had lost to them three previous times this year. Remember last year, they actually won the season series against the Jazz, not so this year. So no tiebreaker there. Um, so they're effectively, I mean, they're they're two and a half back, but the Jazz get the tiebreaker. So it's basically like they're three and a half back. Not likely. Uh, but at this stage, uh, I would say it's about as likely as Utah as Utah falling out. Right, uh, that the wolves that that the Jazz could fall all the way to seven. Um, I, I I wouldn't say that it's you know it's a half game with a tougher schedule, right? And obviously, guys are injured, guys aren't playing well for Utah. Um, they've had uh, I believe Gobert missed the the game on Sunday um, against the Mavs. I'm pretty sure. Um, so, I, I mean, it's not crazy to think about. Yeah, he did. He he didn't play on Sunday, and he may or may not play on Tuesday at this stage. I believe he's questionable for the Tuesday game. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibilities. The Wolves could sneak into sixth, Denver's in fifth, and and uh, Utah is in seventh. Uh, certainly something that could happen. Still, though, the by far, the most likely scenario is the Wolves are in seven. The Clippers are basically locked into eight. The Wolves play the Clippers in the one-game playoff. If they lose, they have to play the winner of the 9-10 game. Um, and if they win, of course, then they're the, uh, the sixth seed, or excuse me, the seventh seed. 
Okay, let's shift gears and talk uh, briefly about the power rankings, which we haven't done in a little while. I, I think for, you know, the Wolves have kind of just hung in the, you know, like 13 to 16 range for quite some time, you know, on the higher end of that mostly of late. Uh, but I, I, I was a little... I think it's notable because there's three prominent power rankings that I've talked about all season by outlets that I respect with the way they handle the power rankings. One has the Wolves staying the same. Another has the Wolves uh, actually improving by a spot this week after losing three out of four. And another one actually had the Timberwolves dropping by a spot. So I want to quickly talk through these. ESPN is the outlet that has the Wolves even. They were 12th last week. They're 12th this week. It talks about they lost three out of four, but losing to Dallas, Phoenix, and Boston. There's really no shame in that. Um, And it also mentions that they've got the second best net rating in the league since the All-Star break. A reminder, the way ESPN does their rankings is a survey of, I think it's like eight uh, experts, a panel of experts at ESPN that vote, and then they uh, compile them and come up with the composite rankings. The Wolves stayed flat at 12 on the ESPN ranking. Um, the outlet that had the Timberwolves sliding by one, perhaps not surprisingly, is The Athletic and Zach Harper at The Athletic. He's been a little bit more harsh on the Timberwolves, even more than ESPN all season. He had them 12th last week. He slid them to 13. So they're a spot behind Utah, who he had ninth. So he dropped Utah three spots. Uh, Toronto jumped from 14th to 11th, which is interesting. Last week, they beat the Cavs and the Pacers, but lost to the Bulls. Um, I don't know that going two and one against that slate is that much better than going one and two against the slate that the Wolves had last week, but, or I guess technically one and three, but here we are. Um, so Zach points out that the Timberwolves starting lineup was fantastic. The first part of the season, they've struggled the second part of the season. We know that. And then he also points out a, uh, what he calls the questionable lineup of uh, Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, and Carl Anthony Towns struggling to have somebody that really initiates offense, which is true because Patrick Beverly isn't, uh, he's not your prototypical point guard. Anthony Edwards is still working on the distribution part of his game. Um, and so those, that unit oftentimes runs through towns, which again is fine, but if Beasley's hurt, which he is now, or not making shots, which he wasn't for the first part of the season, he's the only real true knockdown shooter there. Beverly's a good three point shooter, but he's down a little this year and he doesn't exactly strike fear into the hearts of defenses the way that Beasley does when he's on. So then if you're initiating through towns, there just isn't that much around him. That's dynamic. Um, if Beasley's not out there or if Beasley's not right, um, obviously Anthony Edwards is dynamic, um, but if you're running the offense through Towns, Edwards is a little less scary when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's still working on the ability to be a truly effective cutter. Um, and, you know, offensively, one of one of Edwards' shortcomings is is his lack of activity when he's not the focal point of the offense. And it's that's a that's a nitpick times a hundred, right? But in this particular lineup, that hurts because he's not the dynamic catch and shoot guy like a Beasley is or even to the level that D'Angelo Russell typically has been for his career in terms of catch and shoot. Um, Edwards is much more dangerous with the ball in his hands. He doesn't have quite the the know-how to cut in the half court or the activity level to cut in the half court with effectiveness. I mean, Jaden McDaniel started, it started to click with him this year. He's much better as a cutter. Vando understands spacing with Carl Anthony Towns to this point better than Anthony Edwards does. Um, so there's some of those nuanced type things that can take this team from very good to really good and borderline great, right? As Edwards starts to figure that out, how to play off of Towns, et cetera. But I thought that was a really interesting uh, note that Zach had uh, in his write-up about the Timberwolves. Okay, I want to close the show by looking at the ranking that had the Timberwolves uh, bumped up a spot and then a couple of stats that were called out on that power ranking write-up that uh, maybe didn't surprise me, but I think are notable about how good the Wolves have been over the past few weeks compared to the rest of the league. Um, Past few weeks, really, by going back, I don't know, first of the year-ish, 
Um, and, uh, and, and I, I want to close by talking about that. I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, so we'll get to that here next. First though, uh, let's talk about our friends over at rock auto. This episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, to even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. All right, let's close this by talking uh, about another power ranking. It's my favorite over at NBA.com with John Schumann, who does a fantastic job, not just because he's been a little bit more on the Timberwolves this season than anybody else. It helps, but that's not why. I think he, he, he truly is analytical about this and he lists all the stuff right here, right? He lists pace, he lists offensive rating, defensive rating, net rating, uh, along with, you know, uh, upcoming week. And then there's also commentary, like a solid two to four paragraphs of commentary, at least on each of these teams every single week. So thorough and, uh, goes beyond a power. You know, most of these power rankings are just look at the standings, you know, whatever. Uh, but this is, this is like a legit power ranking where he actually dives deep. Um, and John talks a little bit about uh, th- this week, the Timberwolves losing three out of four, obviously splitting games against the Mavs, but losing to the best team in the league, Phoenix, and the best team in the last two months, Boston. Um, he says they certainly could have been worse offensively. They scored 115.3 points per 100 possession over four games against teams that are first, second, and sixth on defense. So again, yes, they've lost three out of four. But also, by the way, this is my point, not John Schumann's. How often have the Wolves played really good teams this year that actually had healthy star players? Not often. I mean, they beat the Bucks and Giannis back in October, but they also didn't have, you know, a handful of other guys that are healthy now that weren't healthy then, like important players. Uh, but Giannis didn't play in that game. Um, I mean, or I'm sorry, he did play in that game. There aren't very many of those games, right? They beat the Lakers with LeBron, but I mean, what else is there with the Lakers? That's a little bit different. Uh, they obviously beat the Heat with no Jimmy Butler. I mean, there's there's a far, I guess they've beaten Denver twice. I believe Jokic played in both those games. He did. Uh, you know, so you go down the list, there aren't that many impressive wins against winning teams with their best players available. Uh, there just aren't. Um, and, and you know, you play who's in front of you. I've talked about that before in the season. They beat Memphis, I guess, way back, you know, with, when Memphis wasn't quite Memphis yet. Um, but it's a... Uh, it's a fair point, right? To, to think about that. How many times they've been fortunate uh, to, to beat good teams missing their best players. It doesn't really diminish anything, but it makes some sense as to why they would struggle this week when all of a sudden it's like, oh shoot, the Mavs with a healthy, healthy Luka Doncic, you know, they split those games. Phoenix, healthy Phoenix team. Uh, I, I, you know, mostly healthy Phoenix team. I guess Chris Paul didn't play in that game. Um, and then uh, and then Boston on Friday with both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum available. 
so it makes sense. But again, the fact they've scored so much, the offense has come around so much that they're doing this damage against teams ranked first, second, and sixth in defensive efficiency. Uh, John Schumann at NBA.com also talks about missed opportunities, like the late lead they took in Dallas on Monday when they lost in that weird late game, not collapse, but uh, disappointing late game turn of events that was a lot of it was blamed on the officials, but it was a combination of things. And then they had a 15-point lead against the Suns in the second half when they allowed an insane, uh, this is crazy, he points this out, 74 points on 49 possessions over the final two quarters of the second half against the Suns on Wednesday. Just atrocious. Um, he notes that the Timberwolves are a league-best 18-4 and four at home, going back to mid-December. I talked about this the other day, that the only losses at home, uh, well, I guess this isn't true anymore after the Phoenix loss. Besides the Phoenix loss on Wednesday, the only losses at home since mid-December have been the second night of back-to-backs. They had been undefeated on nights with at least one day rest at home until the Phoenix loss on Wednesday. So that's notable. Uh, this is interesting to me. No team in the NBA has a bigger home road differential in regards to points allowed per 100 possessions. The biggest game the Wolves have upcoming against Denver, the league's seventh ranked offense. The Wolves, of course, won there in December, as I talked about earlier. But that's a really interesting stat. And it doesn't surprise me because it feels like the Wolves have been, as the season went on, they weren't great at home early. They weren't great at all early. They weren't really good until January. But you take the year in its entirety that the Wolves have the biggest home road differential in terms of points allowed per 100 possessions. I also think the per 100 possessions, by the way, this is a side note, is something we're seeing, you know, rightly so, is being cited a lot more. It feels extra important for the Timberwolves because of the pace they play at. The Wolves remain the team that plays at the league's fastest pace. So the per 100 possessions is really important. But the no team has a bigger home road differential in regards to points allowed per 100 possession than the Timberwolves. Um, so... How important is being in the seventh spot and not in the eighth spot in the Western Conference, which they will because they're what? I lost my standings now, but they're like four games up on the Clippers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the answer is really important. I mean, if you've just been casually paying attention to the Wolves over the last few weeks, they're really good at home compared to what they're on the road. I was off. There's six and a half games up on the Clippers. So they've essentially clinched the seventh spot. They'd have to like lose out and the Clippers would have to win out for the Wolves to slide from seven to eight. Um, so the Wolves will be in the seventh spot almost for sure. And we'll get to host that playing game at least. And if they lose, they get to host the winner of the Pelicans Lakers or Pelicans Spurs or Lakers Spurs or whoever ends up getting the nine and 10 spot. So they get two cracks at home to solidify the seventh spot and then likely face the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs, which is going to be a ton of fun. Um, so all that to say, uh, 10 feels about right for the Timberwolves in terms of power rankings. I think it's incredibly fascinating just how good they've been at home over the past few weeks. And, and that's kind of my, my takeaways there from John Schumann, but power rankings anywhere from 10 to 13, I'm probably in the 10, 11 range. I think that seems right for the Wolves. I think they're playing better than some of the teams that are ahead of them in some of these power rankings. I mean, you could argue them or the Raptors. You could argue them or the Bulls. You could argue them and the Cavs. Um, I'd probably put them ahead of the Cavs and Raptors still, even though I guess they just, they lost the Raptors a few weeks ago. Uh, but in terms of point differential and overall, you know, strength of schedule and some of that stuff, the Bulls point differential right now is barely positive. Uh, that would suggest they've had a fairly fortunate season in terms of outcomes in close games. There are 11 games above 500 with a plus 0.4 point differential. Um, so all that to say, putting the Wolves 10th, it seems right to me. 13 seems pretty low. You know, you could argue about 10, 11, 12, uh, but they're certainly in that neighborhood. So I mean, Wolves fans, you're watching a team that's in the top, 
you could argue top third of the league, which is pretty cool given uh, how down this team was at times last season um, and certainly in seasons prior to that too. Okay, that's all I have today. On Wednesday, I want to preview Wolves-Raptors. We haven't seen Toronto since the game before the All-Star break, a really disappointing loss that that was. so I want to, and actually that was a, a no Anthony Edwards game too, or a ba- I should say a banged up Anthony Edwards game. Um, so I want to kind of, I don't want to relive that game, but I want to look at what happened in that game, uh, preview this one as well, um, and uh, some key things to watch out for in Wolves Raptors as we uh, hopefully move towards clinching a, uh, or I should say, uh, making the Friday night game against Denver so much more meaningful. If the Wolves could win Wednesday and Denver loses at Indiana, it would be a ton of fun. So that'll be Wednesday's show. And then of course we'll do the post-game pod following Wolves Raptors. Thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Lockdown Wolves is of course free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and Odyssey. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also my account, which is at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. A reminder, uh, well, actually, a yeah, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen. A reminder that your second listen can be Lockdown NBA. Lockdown NBA is Lockdown experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.